Have you ever had one of those gut-wrenching moments when life ground you to your knees and you found yourself asking in despair, why me? This podcast is all about sharing your stories and journeys from asking why me to declaring this, this is why me. Discover how ordinary human beings like you and I have found their extraordinary levels of hope, courage, compassion, and provided a new perspective for greater potential and self-empowerment during their darkest defining moment. As a creative artist and coach myself, my guests and I discuss the interconnectedness of emotion and transformation in those moments, and how their actions then seize the opportunity for discovering their unfiltered and authentic voice, and ultimately their life's purpose. I invite you to join me each week as we share insights into how adversity can be turned into a unique advantage. I think you're doing a very good job. I like your whole, um, because you're not just, you're out actually out here on a mission. Today's guest is Jess Intuitive Angel Healer of You Are Grounded LLC and the Dancing in the Toxic Shadows podcast. Jess is a spiritual grounding coach and motivational mindset speaker who understands adversity from a number of experiences in her own life, including losing a parent at a young age and leaving a toxic relationship through divorce. This divorce helped propel her to start empowering others to cut the ties that are holding them back in their past and to learn to find hope again for their future through an intuitive approach. Welcome to the Why Me podcast, Jess. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, my name's Jess, Jesse. Uh, a lot of people know, but I, uh, you know, in 2017 is when I had my spiritual awakening. I've always been an open-minded person. I'm a Pisces. I I can say, and I'm an empath, so I see the good in anybody. I can, you can be a murderer and I'll be like, but just give them a chance, you know, because that's the the spiritual in me. <laughs> but in 2017, I, I thought I had, I went to school. I got my associate's degree. I had my daughter. I wasn't supposed to have children and she's my miracle baby. I literally had uh, lost a child when I was, uh, 16 and then waited 16 more years and then magically one day I popped up the same week I was supposed to go to in vitro fertilization I actually popped up pregnant like literally I don't even know because I've been trying for 15 years and that's a power of spirit but wow. I thought I had it all I thought I had a husband you know I was married to him for 10 years and everything was supposed to be perfect. And then everything just went toxic and it was toxic to begin with, but I was not in the mindset because, you know, I've went through so many adversities in my life that unfortunately we get this haze and we start thinking that abuse is normal. Mm -hmm. And we think that people telling, you know, telling us and doing things is a normal every day and it's all of our fault and we suck that in and I've done that my whole life I've thought you know it's all my fault I need to be better so it made me even worse people pleaser than I'm already naturally because mm -hmm. Pisces I have a group of Pisces and 
we're very naturally like unfortunately we have these tendencies so I married a narcissist and I didn't know what this term was narcissist empath yeah. what are these yeah. well I found out a narcissist is not just is not somebody who's just we think it's self-absorbed conceited and it's not it's a disease narcissism is they they groom you and I just had a video earlier about this and you don't think you don't they they think you're the coolest thing next to sliced bread and they make you feel so wonderful and you're like wow I'm the coolest thing ever and uh it's really just to start singling you out because that's what my ex was doing the whole time mm. next husband he was actually keep starting pulling me away from my friends and he gradually worked on me because he was with me for 10 years so yeah it, it was a a thing and I didn't know and I recently just but you know and it's just it's the funniest things that we don't put together and you would think why wouldn't you put this together a long time ago but I lost my dad when I was 16 so I didn't realize how traumatic that was to me that I lost him when I was 16. So my whole life, my whole adult life, I've been trying to replace that, that figure. And, you know, you always think it's cliche to think, you know, you're, but no, I really got in these toxic relationships because I was, I was trying to replace that security that had been taken away from me. Cause it, when you get a parent taken away from you at such a young age, it's it's traumatic and it really mm -hmm. takes away your courage like I don't have anyone to fall on I'm I'm all by myself I left home when I was 14 wow. I'm <laughs> I uh, I'm a you know I am one of those cases that I tell you that I did a lot of things the wrong way but you know what I had to learn because these are my karmic lessons and mm. no way in the world my daughter is nine and no way in the world she's leaving my house when she's 14 but I don't know things were different in the 90s I guess <laughs> <laughs> but um you know just kind of putting it all together those were some of my why me moments and when I finally got the courage to leave my toxic marriage because I, I didn't have to leave. I was actually, that's what made it worse is because I left and my narcissist didn't want me to leave. So yeah. he continued to like text me and never leave me alone. But I got kicked out of my house and I'm a medical assistant at this point. And, um, you know, I have a career and everything. And I got promised that if I left my marriage, I was going to get my career taken away everything mm. I've worked for. And I did, I got my divorce lasted a year. Um, I did get my child in the end, but I did go through a whole, uh, got my kid kidnapped, taken to Iowa, two states away. Wow. And um, I got tried to get lured up there and my angels wouldn't let me. <laughs> I just kept saying, I don't look good in orange. I'm not going up there because there's no talking about this. You took my kid, you know? Mm. Um, but I've found that spirit worked through everything. And even though the whole time, I mean, at this, uh, through the divorce and everything, it was a whole major like lifetime movie series. Like I had to, I got kicked, he kicked me out of my house, took all my stuff from me. Um, and they could never prove that he did. So the judge just told him at the end to please give me my stuff back if he felt so inclined 
but they couldn't make him because they could never find the magic storage with my stuff in it. <laughs> oh, goodness me. So I've had a lot of fun, but this whole thing powered me mm. to help other women because I know there are so many, not just women, there's men, there's everybody, there's people going through this. And it's simply because they prey on your fear to keep you manipulated. Because I am, I always like to tell people, I don't like to have people. Um, I, I'm never trying to get famous for my story or anything, mm. you know, uh, for the negative parts of it, because I mm. share my story simply not to make people feel sorry for me, but I want to empower you to know that if this girl can do it, you can do it too. And you just have to have a lot of faith. Angels put a lot of things, last minute things, because I kept the faith they stuck people, and I call them my earth angels, because if you've ever just had somebody, you're like, oh, this is going to be so hard and ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, they're nice, and they're doing everything for you. I call those mm. your earth angels. And that's how spirit, I feel, helps us, because they can't interfere in our karmic lessons. And unfortunately, I think that's why we go through really, really bad stuff. It's because it has something to do with our past life. But I think our angels are like, feel bad about it. So they kind of sneak in there and they're like, here, drop a little help there, drop <laughs> a little help there. And that's kind of how I've kept my faith because at one point I was an atheist in my life because it was just like, I lost a kid at, at 16. I lost my dad at 16. Mm. I just went to toxic relationship and kept getting abused and it, mm. it's like never ending. And then it got good. And then when it got good, I was like, yeah, this is what I've been working my whole life for. And I finally put my feet up and I was like, I can do it now. I'm, I'm free. And then it all fell down and my, I went through my divorce, mm. but all those things, I wrap them up and I use my adversity to empower other people and let you know, hey, you know, I went through all of that and I'm still here and I'm better than ever. And yeah. I've got more fuel than ever because I'm finally living my life the way that I want to. I have a picture over my bed that says, and it's the funniest thing, it's my favorite picture. And I bought it at the dollar store after um, I got kicked out of my house. <laughs> And it says, all good things are free. Yeah. And it's my dollar store picture. And I put it above my bed every day to remind me to never let anyone corner me and uh, tell me I'm not good enough. Because that's the only way people get control of you is they, they get in there. And it's only on a weak moment. Mm. Yeah, wow, there's there's a lot of stuff in there. Um <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately yeah. my story is like <laughs> I don't I have a lot of why me moments, but I, I try to turn them into victory and I try to empower yeah. other people like you know what, hey, there's an AJR song that says, um, a hundred bad days uh made a hundred good stories. Mm. I'm I'm interesting at parties. So, you know, that's kind of <laughs> why I always say laugh or cry. And I've cried enough in my life. So I'm yeah. definitely laughing now. Yeah. Oh look, I, I thank you for coming on and sharing some of your story. And obviously there's a lot more. And I, I like the way that you explain that you share your story, not for anyone to feel sorry for you, because you're not about that victim mentality. What you're about is sharing your experience so that you're raising awareness and so that other people can understand that they're not alone. And really what everything comes down to in life is connection, isn't it? And yes. here we've spoken about connection. I wanted to bring up the number 16. How old did you say you were now? 
I am 39. I'll, in February, I'll be 40. Okay. Yeah. So I'm almost so, 40. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was curious because you lost your dad at 16. You also lost your first child at 16. And then 16 years later, you had your child who was your miracle baby. And I was just curious if the number 16 resonated six with you. six plus one is seven. Yes, it is. Seven, seven, seven. How you like that? Yeah. I well, love you, Angels. That's awesome. <laughs> seven, seven, seven. That is actually how I founded my business, You're Grounded, in 2018 was I kept seeing repetitive. That's how my spiritual awakening happened. I was at my okay. lowest moment. I... I was working at a call center being demeaned by, I literally went to the bathroom and had some jerk take my chair and sit in it. And I came back and I had no chair to sit in. And he was mad because he got whatever, he was having a bad day. And I was just like, I I started selling magazines when I was, <laughs> I started direct sales when I was uh, 18 and traveled all across America. Mm. And at 39, here I am back calling people selling magazines and I was at the lowest point I was like I can't I'm 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 I can't succeed at anything and I started seeing 7-Eleven and 777 okay. so much like for two weeks straight twice a day um, on the clock never missed it and I found out 777 means release your fears 7-Eleven means to step into your your actual authentic uh, destiny, your life purpose, and start uh, stop being afraid. It was basically mm. a wake up call to stop. But you know, you started seeing that, and that's how I got in the rabbit hole on the internet. And I was always thought about being a life coach. It was popular in the '90s, but I never really. I was like, I'm not old enough. But now I feel like I'm old enough, and I have enough experience that people can respect me. You know, because you can't, it's really hard uh, to say you're a life coach at 20 because you're like, sure you are. <laughs> so I, um, I've been in the medical field though and everything. So I ended up finding out I'm an angel intuitive and I was just so overwhelmed by how much it literally saved my life. Um, wow. I have, I have PTSD. I have anxiety, like severe, so bad that I will get stuck in the car where I can't get out and it literally takes about five minutes for me to get going and the angels really um I've asked Archangel Raphael when I'm having a panic attack to help me and literally you know people believe in angels or they don't but I know that I've had panic attacks that literally crippled me and I've um it lasted for four hours to all day how do you have an wow. all-day panic attack this girl has and when I first had my first one I remember I couldn't move I was in the kitchen by myself and my daughter was four and it was terrifying because I couldn't even do anything but put chicken nuggets in the oven because that's what I could reach and mm. I was scared and when I went to the doctor to get help I was shunned. I was accused of just wanting to be a drug seeker. And I was like, what are you talking about? I <laughs> am in the medical field. And, but people have these crazy things, um, these stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, doctors will judge you. I don't know if they're like that in Australia, but um, 
they uh if you don't go in there and they you get the wrong one and i always got the wrong one mm-hmm. <laughs> because my angels never wanted me to be on any kind of um i've i've tried to be on like a depression medicine but i don't need to be on that i don't need mm-hmm. to be I need to be alive and that stuff mm. just makes you like I've literally just seen people this is how they live like okay your anxiety you don't feel anything but exactly you don't feel anything mm-hmm. and I think that's terrible I've seen a lot of people on prescription medicine that have had such terrible side effects and I love it that I've learned the power of crystals and angels and meditation. And if people want to make fun of it, it's okay because they don't understand it, but it has really helped me. And I really highly suggest to start looking into it. You know, if you've tried everything and nothing helps you (laughs) really look into uh, natural methods of breathing. A lot of times we don't breathe and that's why, um, you know, we have such anxiety. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of conversations that come up on this podcast with various guests about breathing. And for me, it's it's always something I'm happy to talk about in the fact that most of my chronic illnesses were manifested as respiratory issues. And so I know what it's like to be living hypoxic in extremely low oxygen and and to be struggling to breathe and to understand that breathing is a two-part process. You know, most people don't even consider that part of it, um, that we're actually breathing out and then we're breathing in. Um, I was curious too because, uh, like, are you, are you – oh, sorry, my thing's just gone off. Um, are you aware of what prompted those anxiety attacks? Because, uh, again, talking about the breathing, when you're anxious, your breathing usually becomes, rather than breathing deep and slow into our diaphragm, becomes quite shallow and quick. <laughs> And that then actually fuels that anxiety to keep manifesting and getting worse during the panic attacks. So I was curious, are you still having those panic attacks? And and do you know what your triggers are? Well, I actually do, but I've managed them. And I really mm. like to point out, you know, I'm a I'm a different kind of coach because a lot of coaches, I mean, I'm everybody's different, but I know that some people are embarrassed to talk about their their stuff and mm. I have to tell people because it's simply uh if I you know have one I don't want you to be like what is going on I want you to be prepared yeah. um you know it's I've had breathing issues my whole life and it's because of a blocked chakra I'm also a chakra practitioner certified mm-hmm. and I've had uh, a block in my throat chakra because people have told me Shh, my whole life, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear you, Jesse. I'm tired of you, Jesse. Go over there, Jesse. You're bothering me, Jesse. Like, I've never really, I try not to pay attention to it. But again, all these things I tried not to pay attention to, mm-hmm. they always come, your shadow side will come hit you upside the head, no matter yeah. how much you try to run. And it did. In 2017, I literally had to face every fear, everything I've ran from. It, it came back to me. And if you listen to my videos, I still don't breathe right. I didn't notice this until I started podcasting. Mm-hmm. And when you hear me, I'm very nasally and I never noticed that. And it's because I hold my breath and I've just started noticing this in the past year or so. I, I've held my breath. That's one reason I'm not getting enough yeah. oxygen to my brain. Yeah. I'm also claustrophobic. So 
when I get too many people around me and it feels like everything's closing in. And I think it, my triggers for one, if you rush me rushing, you know, and that's a big thing. If there was a survey done about abused women and the, the number one key thing was, is that they felt like they hate being rushed. If you rush, you will send somebody into severe anxiety because narcissists are like there's never enough time and it's always hurry 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 and that's one thing if you rush me and you don't let me do my thing I have to be very methodical because I've 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 had a lot of people unfortunately hit me in the head over the years Mm -hmm. I've had physical and mental abuse Mm -hmm. and so I think that's where that five second delay comes in. But a lot of people, they make fun of what they don't understand. So I've had people actually make fun of me because I stutter. Um, If I'm really, that's a good indication (laughs) that a panic attack is coming on because I will start stuttering. And my daughter knows if I start stuttering, she doesn't make fun of me. She's like, what can Mm. I help you with? Because Mm. it's just, you start knowing your triggers and you start staying away from them. And people, people trigger you, stress triggers you. My thing was, is that I've, I've been trying to please someone and, and be in a relationship and just a whole, everything just came down. And I finally understand what a breakdown is, what it is to just hit the wall and finally lose it. You know what I mean? And It's Vera Lee from Australia, and I wanted to let you know about the second podcast that I have started, What the Flab, all about those flabby issues to do with weight loss with and without surgery. In this podcast series, I share with you my journey of how I lost 60 kilograms on my own before weight loss surgery. And I document my journey after weight loss surgery with you. I will be sharing my tips and tricks to help you on your weight loss journey, as well as bringing on special guests, including psychologists, nutritionists, surgeons, bariatric specialists, personal trainers, and people just like you and I to share their personal journeys of how they have been successful with and without weight loss surgery. And they will bring their favorite tips to help you. So come and join us as we chew the flab. Simply search WTF lab as one word on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, you can always contact me at Vera Lee Original on social media if you would like my personal help and guidance on your own weight loss journey. Let's get back to today's episode. At that moment, you start finally figuring out, hey, you know what? This toxic, re- my health is worth more than this toxic relationship. So I had yeah. to learn my my stuff was just really deep down. You know, I've been uh, taught a lot of bad habits from my parents. They didn't understand how to express themselves. And my dad was an alcoholic. Uh, he had, That's why he died at 44 okay. is because he had a massive heart attack. And mm. the thing was, is that I didn't get to say goodbye to him. I actually came oh. home to my mom's toxic boyfriend at the time that I was staying with. And he was the one who broke the news to me. And oh. Um, actually, I have had visits with my dad in spirit 
in my dream because this is what happens for all of you out there that are struggling with an addiction that have kids or don't know how to get over it. I'm just gonna share a little bit that my dad died when I was 16. I am almost 40. And because I've worked through all this, he stopped visiting me, but he spent his whole afterlife saying he's sorry, begging for forgiveness. I used mm -hmm. to wake up with night terrors because I didn't understand because it was so real because I've learned it was real because I've had dreams about people that have passed and whether you believe it or not, I know when I have a dream about someone who's passed over, they're really passed over and they're really visiting me. And the reason why you get dreams like that is because our ego is so big, the angel's spirit doesn't want to fight you all the time trying to make you believe. So they'll talk to you in your dreams. And that's why you wake up going, oh my God, this was so real. So when you have those things, when you have those experiences, make sure you write that down. Right when you wake up, keep a dream journal because your angels are trying to tell you something big. So, hmm. and I'm very random and I talk in circles. <laughs> so I'm, I have a lot to fit in, you know? Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very, I feel very empowered now that I can know my triggers and yeah. I can know why stuff's happening because that's a, the whole thing about it. It's fear. You don't know why it's happening. You don't know how to overcome it. And you feel embarrassed. My biggest problem was that I feel shame, shameful. People have shamed me for having anxiety. People, um, and when I have it in public, it's the worst because then people are looking at you and people want to come help. And you can't help someone who's having a panic attack, mm. unfortunately. Let them be, let them sh just be quiet because it just makes you feel like, oh my, now everybody's involved in, mm. here's another, you know, why me moment. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, I think, um, I think it's an important message to talk about at this point in time in that assumptions, a lot of what we've just been talking about there is assumptions that people make. Yes. And I often remind people around me, particularly when they behave in a certain way or respond verbally in a certain way that makes it very clear to me that they've made an assumption based on how they've just either behaved or spoken. And yes. I like to remind them that assumptions can be quite dangerous because you don't really know what's going on. Now, lots of people have panic attacks and it's not a reflection of social status. It's not a reflection of age. It's not a reflection of gender. It's not a reflection of anything except that there has been something usually trauma related that has mm -hmm. gone on for somebody and that there is some sort of trigger that they are now experiencing this anxiety, which is a type of fear. And so rather than making assumptions about people who are having panic attacks, it's important to look at how you can either help or allow them to get through it if they know how to do that on their own. You know, everything sort of speeds up. It's about slowing down. It's about slowing your breath down. It's about bringing that person back into where they are. Grounding. Grounding in the here and the now and then slowing everything down so that they can actually process what's yeah. going on. And dreams are a really good way for us to get information and to also use it as a radar of where we're at in, in our own emotional 
journey because so often the dreams are going to manifest certain emotions. Like when you said when it feels really real, we'll often wake up with a certain emotion. So sometimes we'll wake up crying. Sometimes we'll wake up screaming. Sometimes we'll wake up just gently sobbing. Sometimes we'll wake up laughing our head off, you know, and these are all attached to emotions. And so I love the concept and and I actually have done it a lot myself of writing down your dreams and having a look at them and, and, if you do it over time, you get to see some themes and it's all about understanding yourself and where you're at and where you need to go. Yes. Welcome to the Why Me with Vera Lee podcast series, proudly brought to you by Visually Design. We've added tips and tricks from Vera Lee, that's me, every second episode in bite-sized pieces where I recap the key points from our guest conversations, delivering more value to you with inspiration and connection and to help empower you through your own adversity. If you would like my support in helping you to find your why, you can contact me at Vera Lee Original on social media or search the hashtag #WhyMeMovement because what follows that question "Why me?" is the movement. It's up to you to take action, and I am here when you are ready to help you see a different perspective and to choose your own hope and happiness in life. I know the power of my story. I ask you, do you know the power of yours? Yeah. That that is so very true and I do have a little um, thing I wrote on purpose if Wonderful. you wouldn't uh, mind me reading it. I think I'd this love would, for you to read that. I think uh, I think you guys will enjoy this. So Wonderful. Purpose. What does this mean to you? Do you live in your purpose every day or do you run and hide? Does your purpose serve you or does it just is it there to just serve your ego non-purpose non-purposely we wake up every day a switch in our bodies is turned on no matter if we live on purpose or not some of us use our purpose to enrich the life of of others and some of us squander the gift of purpose and instead try to impose judgment control on others so that they are not confident to walk in their purpose and they can rise to the top through manipulation and greed my purpose is to spread love and light to the survivors of the darkness the fleers of the toxic shadows and those that feel purposeless a kind soul told me some powerful words about purpose one day that I would like to share with you. She said, raise your right hand and place it over your heart. Do you feel that? Do you hear the beat of your own heart? That is purpose. With every beat of your heart and every breath you inhale, remember, purpose is individual. Purpose is personal, purpose is divine. Living in your purpose every day can make the good days great and the worst days greater. Mm. Each lesson learned contributes to your purpose and redeems your faith with the power of miracles experienced. And we, and when we walk in our purpose, so again, I pose this question of purpose. How can you find your purpose today? 
Are you afraid of the uncertainty of purpose? Do you fear that changing your mindset on purpose will cause you to adapt a new way of living? Purpose is fulfilling and will always overflow your cup. Purpose is not something to be chased, rather a feeling to be embraced. Purpose shows up when the student is ready to free themselves of the non-purposeful task to immerse themselves in their souls and authentic ways of living. Today, let's, set, let's free ourselves from our ego and start walking in our purpose. Take time to reflect on your purpose and ask yourself, am I living purposefully or just on purpose? Mm, I love that. I get a little emotional <laughs> when I read that because it really, it's very, um, very near to my heart. <laughs> yeah, I can feel that that resonates with you very deeply. And and that means that you understand where your purpose lies now. And then that's a really important epiphany to get to in life. And like you said, it takes a lot of events and there's good and not so good events that will happen in our life's experience. And what we do with those, when we get to a point where we understand who we are, then we can understand where our purpose fits in, in that journey. And that is such an important part to get to because then you understand your why and like you said in that last line you know are you, are you living for a purpose or just on purpose like are you just here I just wrote down a couple of words here you referred to survivors of the darkness and and then you referred to the toxic shadows I I really love that term of survivors of the darkness as someone who's gone through domestic violence and has gone through terrible violence sexual assault um I understand that place of darkness that we, we actually all have inside us. And it's interesting because we have a choice to look at darkness in two ways. And I, as an artist and a visual person, I often explain it to people in that we have light and shadow. A lot of people, when they talk about the darkness, they associate it with everything bad. And it's like, well, yes, you do go into a darker place when you're going through these things and when you're struggling, when you've lost your way or your purpose. Yes. And certainly, um, you know, we have that place, but that place is still there for a reason. It's there because it gives us contrast. It's there because it allows us to appreciate the light. And if everything was only all dark or all light, we would have no in between. We wouldn't have that whole gamut of everywhere from black to gray to light, you know. And so it creates form. It creates something tangible for us that we can say, you know what, this adversity put me here now I can be grateful for what I have over here. Now I can understand that experience and I can choose that I want to try not to have that experience again or I can say, okay, you know, this is where I, I'm headed, this is where I'm going rather than choosing to stay in that space. And exactly. so, yeah, and so, you know, everything, everything that we go through we can learn from and Purpose is so important within all of that because when we understand our purpose, less is going to happen to us and more will happen for us to yes. learn from and grow. And you get out of that victim mindset that you're in because I was in it for so long and I didn't mm. realize that I was in it because, mm. it, like I said, it becomes normal. You're taught all these things and 
that's why it's so hard for people. There's some people that go on a spiritual awakening and they're scared. And so they get stuck. And that's even scarier than just facing up to everything. Cause now you don't, you can't go one way or the other, but duality is just so important because you got to have the night and the dark, you know, and I've learned to stop feeling like a victim and stop being, you know, feeling so shamed of all those things that happen because I've met people that have had worse experiences than me. And it's not about, you know, my experience was worse than yours or anything, mm-hmm. but I'm lucky and, you know, I feel blessed and that's about showing gratitude. Yeah, I show gratitude because even though I've had a rough road to haul, my I have two of my best friends. I lost one when she was 27 mm-hmm. and the other one at 40 because they didn't get my strength. We were all have the same, you know, and for some reason they fell off mm-hmm. and I'm the only one still here trucking along and um you know, it's taught me things and it's taught me just to rise above it and that I am, my trauma does not define me and uh, it's not going to define my future either. And if you don't like how things are going, change it. And if somebody would have told me this a long time ago, like all these things that I've found out on my journey the past few years, it's like, wow, if I would have only known these things, but you know what, like, (laughs) Again, you can't outrun your karma. Mm. And whether you believe it or not, you have life lessons. And if you haven't faced your life lesson and you bolted, guess what? It's going to come back. It's just going to show up in a different. You're like, I feel like I've been here before. Yes. (laughs) It's just, it's a different face on it, but it's the same energy. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And and life lessons, we, we do keep going through them until we learn them. And sometimes even once we've learned them, situations will still present where we may have the opportunity to look at it in a slightly different perspective too. Exactly. It's, it's certainly not a guarantee that those things won't happen again. But what it is is that if you take the opportunity to learn and grow from it, then you're better prepared next time that same or similar situation or event will show up. And I was wondering, just coming back to the having your daughter kidnapped um I was wondering how much of of the fear of that happening again is is that related to you know a lot of that ongoing anxiety because for me personally I understand that leaving a relationship that is often a very dangerous time because that is the time that they're going to go oh she's actually left and I'm using she as a global term here this happens to men as equally as it does to women Um, but as I'm a woman I'm saying she so she's left. Okay, well, now I'm I'm pursuing that because she's actually made the break. I didn't want that break to happen. So quite often they do go after the kids. And that was something that I found myself for a, a very long number of years that I was still looking over my shoulder every time I'd go out in public. So that that is something I think is um, one of those areas that a lot of people don't talk about is that ongoing consequence of having been in that relationship and it's it's funny that I I appreciate that you notice that because some people I can tell the parts that they're listening to of my uh but I I actually appreciate that you you asked me that because that was a source my whole the divorce was literally like a lifetime movie 
um, my ex, you know, do you ever see those movies where they keep trying to get you to sign the divorce papers yeah. and they're like, oh, let's do it tomorrow. Yeah. Well, my ex literally kept manipulating me and I would say, let's sign it. And he'd be like, no, let's do it another day. And he would show up where I was at. I ended up having to get a restraining order because mm. it was that intense. But um, since I never got this paper signed, um, unfortunately, when you don't get a, a paper signed saying that, you, you know, they even know about the divorce. Yeah, it's not technically called kidnapping. Um, I was at the police station asking them <laughs> to please go over there and make my kid, you know, give me my kid back. And they said, ma'am, um, it's not kidnapping. She's with the other parents. So just so you guys know out there, if that that's why people have these breakdowns in the movie about that paper. I never got mm -hmm. it. I was like, why are they running around? Like, just sign the paper. Mm -hmm. I understand. That is the biggest. Okay. You know how I got the paper signed? <laughs> this is how I had to go to my restraining order uh, court date and I had to pay the sheriff $40 because this is how they um, serve papers. And so when we both showed up for our court date, they served him outside. He was, that was the worst day for him because <laughs> also the same day he had to sign my papers finally and make it like a real thing. He couldn't run away and act like he didn't know anything anymore. Yeah. And he got the hammer slammed down on him because uh, the judge was not happy with everything that uh, happened in that courtroom. Um, Cause that mm. was just a whole nother <laughs> story, mm. but that the whole, all the events that happened, the shame. I mean, I've never been so shamed. My, I was shamed in front of my family. My family doesn't talk to me anymore because things were said that never happened um, because this is what narcissists do. Thank um, you. And unfortunately, it's okay. I, I've, I've let it go. But so that's where my anxiety is not coming in as much. Mm -hmm. But a, a funny twist to the story is that my daughter now is staying with him because I, for four years, I had panic attacks that this is going to happen again. And I was afraid and literally hid from him because he's one of those people that will find you. Mm. <laughs> he's probably watching me right now you never know mm -hmm. <laughs> but I finally he was creating it was creating so much chaos for whatever's getting told to her and all this so I finally said you know what he's not a bad dad he's just me and him don't need to ever speak you know we need to only be on we parent that's it mm. so, so I know actually that she's safe with him I actually let him go, uh, her go stay, uh, you know, be there more. So I get, I'm more like we switched channels. He, I'm on the weekends now and he's during the week. And I never thought I would do that, but that's where healing comes in because mm -hmm. you stop looking at everything from your ego. And that was the fear because I think having a stillborn at 16 and burying my first child yeah he knew and he and and that's the thing is he knew about all this so when i've had this miracle child i was like how dare you take the one thing that i love and that's why i actually fought and i i went through the divorce i got it all done i got the restraining order 
And then what do you do when it's finally over? Because everybody always hears about what happens, you know, all the fun. Everybody was always listening to my stories, gossiping about me, about my whole thing. But nobody really checked in after it was all done because it's not interesting anymore. But I'll tell you, there's hope, ladies, because this all went down in 2017 and um, I've rebuilt myself. I've, I've owned my own business. I... I I'm happy. You know what I mean? It's um my daughter is um breaking karmic curses with that got handed down from my mom, you know, my parents handed me down and now I'm breaking these cuz I don't want her to go through all this adversity. Yeah. As least as possible. She's going to go through her own things, but you know, mm. hey, how about I not add to it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't you know, stop the generational <laughs> trauma. <laughs> Yeah, I feel um, I feel really good about it. And I never thought I would get to a point where I would ever say, yeah, I'm happy about this. No, I'm happy. My daughter is healthy. And now that I actually let it go, because I literally sat in my living room the whole day checking my angels, my cards. I was going through everything, trying to get advice from everyone. Like, how do I make this decision? And I finally decided I'm going to... Um, I'm going to let her go because you know what? Uh, I, I'm not going to be one of those moms that uses a kid as a pawn. She's already yeah. been used as yeah. the pawn. Just let her be. And you know what? I couldn't have that guilt either. I lost my dad when I was 16. He's a diabetic. He's not in the greatest of health. You know, um, mm-hmm. I could not ever see that happening. So that was another big factor of, Hey, you lost your, and look at what happened to you. So let's just let her have her time. Yeah. And that's okay. And um and how is she through? So how is she going with that? A lot better because when you he just wanted to uh it's about like he couldn't have the power over me, you know. So it's yeah. his child though. I understand it, but I just knew I was fighting a losing battle. Like, why am I going to keep there's she's safe, happy with him. We just don't work as a family anymore, unfortunately. Mm. And that was the hardest decision. I think that's hard for women out there. You know, that moment that I saw my daughter when I was with her dad and we were slamming doors and we were yelling and here she is trying to run for cover. Like, what do I do? You know, and that moment is what I took myself out of the equation. I said, I don't care what happens to me. It's about her and this isn't good. So I don't care what happens to me. I want to make sure my daughter is, and that's what I've done. And so a lot of things that I've done over the years as a parent, I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this, (laughs) but I understand what my parents were saying now, because a lot Mm -hmm. of, when you become a parent, you're now not living for yourself. You're now living for that little human being that you brought into this earth. Yeah, that's right. It it brings on a whole new perspective and really they, there is always opportunity and adversity for us to see each adversity from a different perspective as well. And, and this is what you've done. You've gone, you know what? if I see it from my daughter's point of view and I see that perhaps he may not be around for that long and from my own perspective I understand that, you know, I lost my dad young, maybe I can find a way for this to work and it sounds like you have, which is is the power of perspective. 
that was the hardest. I would like to tell you, you know, I make people think stuff's easy. And when we're, we're not in the moment of it happening, it, it sounds a lot easier. But, you know, that I would just like to let you guys know that, that was the hardest day of my mm-hmm. life because I've been fighting uh, to to make sure that that was one thing that wouldn't be taken away from me. But now I feel like I gave, it took my power back Mm. by saying, no, you're not going to control me. That's not how it works. And if we can just learn, I've learned if people are judgmental, it's because they need to be in control. Mm. And I'm starting to learn. That's my first thing. I look at people. Oh, you're a judgmental one, are you? <laughs> Let's see what you're going to try to control me. So, but there is hope after adversity, but you got to have faith. And sometimes it's blind faith because I've learned through all this, no matter how bad or what I've experienced, my angels never let me fall. Okay, they I got stuff broken, but it was because they were trying to build a better foundation for me because I literally built my house in Seattle and it was supposed to be built in Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why we wander off the course and um we bring a lot of adversity into our lives. That's what I've noticed when people say you create your own reality. I totally believe that because a lot of you go with what you know and a lot of people around you are are toxic a lot mm. of things around you are toxic but you think it's normal so you just embrace it yeah we'll see see there you're talking about choices too and a lot of us will make choices based on what we know and this is not a good or bad thing it's not even in that realm of discussion what we're talking about here is that each of the choices that we have made in our life have led us to that point in time where that event has occurred. And so there's always that two part or, you know, we're always a part of that situation. So as you said, everything that we've done has actually meant that we've had that adversity happen. It's not even again about blame. This is just about accepting that we did the best we could at the time with what we knew and then this adversity has presented itself and so there we have an opportunity to learn and perhaps next time we will make some different choices along the way that hopefully will not end in the same sort of adversity so it really is just about that experience of life that that we certainly all have just one last comment too before we wind up for me it's very obvious that with a lot of your life this is focusing on one of the three words in particular that I use around this podcast and around the YME movement. The three words are inspire, connect and empower and connect is in the middle. So if you think of that acronym of ICE, I-C-E, inspire, connect, empower and the C is in the middle because connection, we're in the middle of all the mess that's going on in our lives And it's that connection that we're always seeking. And when we lose connections, like all the friends you lost, like losing your dad, like losing the first child, losing all those connections makes us flail quite a bit because we're like, hang on a minute, everything that meant something to me. And it again applies when your daughter was, was taken away. Everything that meant something to me has been taken away from me. And so it's that loss of connection that also makes us feel that loss of control and 
being able to control certain things doesn't make us a control freak. It just means that there are certain things that we can control about ourselves and that's who we are, stepping into our purpose, um, you know, controlling our emotions. So sometimes we might overreact about something and it's about realizing, oh, I might have overreacted there. Let me think about that and see, could I have reacted a little differently? And so everything about our life experiences really ends up about connection with other people around us and the connection with ourselves. And it just shows how important it is that when we lose that connection, that we can have ways and means of getting it back. And there's lots of ways to do that. It's through people like yourself and myself as coaches. It's through the people that are important around you that that you do still have connection with or can reconnect with. It's about really connecting with that inner core of yourself and knowing who you are and what you want. And at the end of the day, you're never going to be able to control what happens to anybody else in your life, but you can always control how you connect to yourself. Exactly. Everything's going to be, everything's always been taken away from me Mm. because I was in that, you know, why me mentality, the victim mentality of, but I'm, I'm learning that what is yours can never be truly taken away. And if something is taken away from you, it was never yours to begin with. It's something that you accrued that you shouldn't have even had to start with. So just, you know, be kind to yourself and don't let other people's judgments uh, consume you. Cause that's mm-hmm. what I think I've, I've put it off, you know, put the, the smile on my whole life. Everybody knows this smile because I've done it my whole life. I call it the Kodak smile. And I used to be told, you know, if I'm, cause if I'm not smiling, I look unhappy. And sometimes I'm really just thinking of, you know, what am I going to eat for dinner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but people are like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, you know, you know, it's been a, it's been a very long colorful road and it's not been all bad and it's not been all good it's it's been interesting I definitely can you know I'm gonna get a book out there but that's why I wrote these podcasts and that's why I made dancing in the toxic shadows because my biggest thing is when I talk about this I do not want to um it to be sad I want I want people to understand that you can talk about your trauma and you can talk about all this, but we don't have to keep regurgitating it. And that's what I feel like sometimes happens when you go to therapy. If Why should you have to be in therapy for 20 years and still talk about the same thing and not get it over with when I've coached someone over like something that was terrible and we got over it in about a month Mm. and that just shows me because you can talk about it but if you're not putting solutions in it it's not gonna it's not helpful it's just uh you're bringing in all that that you don't want you're bringing in that bad energy so yeah yeah I think it's it's important um for me, it was important to forgive, not forget, but to understand in not forgetting 
that I don't need to regurgitate everything all the time because it's just about acknowledging that, okay, I've integrated that into my past experiences. It will help me to learn more about making the choices that I do moving forward in my life, but it doesn't hold me back. It doesn't tie me back to there anymore. And I think that's a really powerful place to be. Yes. Very very powerful. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And if people would like to get in contact with you, Jess, how can they do that? So um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, uh, Angel Vibes with a Z on the end. And uh, Instagram, it's Jess and then the under underscore. And then Intuitive Vibes with a Z. Go to uh, my podcast actually have two podcasts one is your angels are talking are you listening and that's at angel miracles on anchor.fm and then i have my dancing in the toxic shadows which is coming up um i'm gonna do season two solo i did all of special guests for the first season but i'm gonna do solo on that one and i'm gonna do coaching and talk about get really into what the toxic shadows are so Great. um look out for that fantastic and that's well, uh, anchor.fm slash uh, forward slash toxic shadows awesome i'll make sure that those links get put in the description thank you thank you thank so you much. so much for having me here i've i really um i had a good time great i'm glad you did why me if you have ever asked that question, why is this happening to me? If you have ever wondered how others seem to get through those moments where life has you down on your knees and yet still they get up, I get it. Some call me the adversity queen. My name is Vera Lee and I've been training to be an adversity warrior all my life. I was born with certain disabilities. I was bullied. I was raped and abused by my ex-husband. And I was left fighting for my life 17 times so far due to my combination of respiratory conditions. And yet I am still full of hope. When my husband raped me, I struggled to use my voice to describe that trauma. And so I turned to my visual artwork. Then I found the courage to share my voice through writing and poetry, which I had accompanied with my artwork. Next, I found my voice and discovered how sharing my story on stages with my words and my unique perspective inspired others to choose hope, to choose action, to choose life. When I physically lost my voice after a life-saving treatment to keep my airway open, I was staring down the barrel of losing my voice forever. Within 24 hours of that surgery, I ended up in a coma that nobody expected I could survive. I did survive. And yet I had no voice for a two-year period. I was immersing myself in my artwork yet again to tell my story. And I had people around me telling me that I would speak life into people all across the world's stages, 
with my words, with my story and with my vision. I wanted to believe this and yet I didn't know how it was possible to speak my words on stage when I had no voice. I didn't know if I would ever get it back again. I did get my voice back and now that I have my voice, I'm in the business of inspiring you, connecting you and empowering you through the Why Me movement and the Why Me with Vera Lee podcast. This is where I hold the space for my guests to share their deepest, darkest moments and the lessons they learned to see the opportunity within the adversity, to use those lessons to grow personally and to help their community grow through sharing their own unique beautiful stories. How can I help you? If you want to stop asking that question, why me? I'm glad you are here today. Listen to the podcast, connect to the stories and be inspired by the conversation while you are there and leave a review so that other people can see the value I bring to you. Share the show with your friends and use these stories to start those conversations. You know, the ones that are really uncomfortable, but that we need to be having. You're going to get through this with the right inspiration, the right connections, the right empowering actions to stop asking that question, why me? and start embracing your unique contributions and skill set so that you can start declaring this, this is why me. If you would like my support in helping you find your why, you can contact me at Vera Lee Original on social media or search the hashtag #WhyMeMovement because that's what follows why me is the movement. It's up to you to take action. And I am here for you when you are ready to have help in seeing a different perspective. And when you are ready to choose your own hope and happiness and fulfillment in life, I know the power of my story. And now I ask you, do you know the power of yours?